Hi, I'm Kim Vudin. Welcome to Milo's Music Parlor, a live music speakeasy and podcast show brought to you by Milo Records New Orleans and itsneworleans.com. Every week we bring to you in our live audience a taste of the musicians who shaped the New Orleans music landscape, from the living legends to the young upstarts to those burgeoning national and international acts making the extra effort to stop here in New Orleans all of whom are performing live music to enjoy the rich musical history of the city that continues to inspire and influence musicians everywhere. Milo's Music Parlor is a member of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. Lovers of Americana music can go no further south than Melbourne, Australia, the home base of Americana band Lachlan Bryan and the Wilds playing original compositions written by frontman Lachlan Bryan. In 2014, they won awards for Best Country Album, Best Group, and Best Alt Country Album of the Year from three national bodies in Australia. Not only are these guys good enough for Australia, they're good enough for some of our most distinguished musicians having opened for John Prine and Steve Earle. John Davey of No Depression writes... It's certainly, country, it's certainly country music, but it doesn't quite sound like it could have been made in America. He's in the tradition, but not a slave to it, and certainly not afraid to go in his own direction. There are depths to be discovered in his stories in a song, but I reckon you will be won over more or less immediately by an album that is high quality throughout, and there isn't a weak song in here, and the warmth of the performance invites you to dive right on in. Today, we're lucky enough to have these guys on Milo's Music Parlor. Before it's time to go, take a strong black coffee for the road. Black coffee, black coffee, black coffee from my favorite cup. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having us. Uh, can you guys introduce yourselves? Well, this is Lachlan. And uh, I'm Matt. I play the drums. And this is Sean. So I think the writer from No Depression's in love with you guys, it sounds like. Well, it. it's nice when, when people write nice things and put them on the internet because then if anyone Googles us, including our parents, <laughs> uh, they can think that we're doing something okay with our lives. I've never heard that. That one. I've never heard that. And that's a big magazine in this country, so for especially for Americana music. Uh, why don't you share with our audience, our listening audience, what your experience has been like touring America? Well, this is our second time. Uh, we, we came here last year and, and uh, we, we've been to big towns and small towns. We're pretty used to doing a lot of driving, so uh, <laughs> coming from Australia where uh, towns are often eight or ten hours apart, it's... Huh. Um, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to, you know, drive for a bit through the countryside here and then we appear, then skyscrapers come out of nowhere and that we're in another big town. And, uh, and it's something we just kind of want to keep doing. What are your thoughts, Sean? <laughs> I, I really enjoy playing out here. I'm not a huge fan of the driving. So um, once we get the, the band Chopper, that'll be a lot better. <laughs> we can fly around and be good. The Chopper. Yeah. But no, it's really cool. It's, uh, it is a lot of driving, a lot of late nights, a lot of early mornings, but it's a really good, I suppose, price to pay to be able to drive around the country and play music. By early mornings, we mean kind of 11. Yeah, I know. You're a musician. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how's the reception been here? I mean, obviously, No Depression is, is a fan Look, of it's, it's been really, really good. Um, we, we, that's the, the hardest thing is, like, 
this is Americana music. It's it's not. There's no place for Australia in that word, you know. So so when it's it's weird to come to another country and and play your music back at you, you know. <laughs> it's so. Um, so number one, the fact that people are even willing to listen to an Australian band playing what is essentially Americana. They do kind of call it alt country in Australia, but but, but that's what it is. It's really Americana it is great. And that, and that they they say nice things about it is, is also good. Um, we uh, we don't have a very big profile here, so it's a, um, you know, we, we, we never know what we're going to get when we, when we turn up to a, a show. Um, but that's kind of exhilarating to be in that position again and, and be trying to win people over uh, one by one at, at the shows. And, and um, you know, so far uh, that's been, been working and I, I think uh, we meet so many nice people that, that it, makes it, uh, it makes it fun. And, um, and, and I think it's making us better as a, as a band as well. Hmm. How so? Well, I think uh, when, when you know that, that there's a possibility... Americans aren't really like this, but... There's a possibility that that they might be thinking, you know, what do these guys know about country music? What do these guys know about Americana music? They're from Australia. They they um, they probably think we should we should do whatever ACDC do. That's that's what <laughs> Australia does good. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. TNT, and I will not fight. TNT. Uh, so so I, th I think it's um. I think it's the challenge of that uh, makes you want to prove yourself, and it's good. Like when you're first a band, we've been together for a while, um, and I think that you can get pretty um, not lethargic, but but you can get um, complacent, and uh, but having to play right from the bottom uh, stops that. Huh? I mean, you are you guys are kind of, you know, I met you through booking a very modest show at Bank Street Bar, which is in Mid City. And, uh, you know, I looked you up, and you're a little bit Americana superstars in your own country, and here you're sleeping, like, four of you in a, in a motel. I mean, I'm well, impressed. We just, we just do that because we really like each, each other. Love each other. Yeah. <laughs> you like each other's smells. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, we're used to it. We're used to it. I think that's the thing. <laughs> Is it like that on the road in Australia? Uh, it's like that on the road in every country, isn't it? It is you to know. an extent. I mean, you, you the, the road is never glamorous uh, until a certain point where you're kind of U2 or something. But, uh, look, I, I guess, um, you know, we maybe in Australia we tend to get put up by the, by the venue, so they usually put us somewhere nice and, and, and whatever. And uh, But, um, you know, the fact is you're still on the road, you're still sleeping in a new bed every night, and um, and half the time I don't even make it, so it's... Uh, <laughs> I've not always had good intentions. Tomorrow, high ground, I seldom mind. And this is by no means meant to be an intervention. I've just been around enough to recognize. Now I believe that we are all created equal I'm not saying that the fault lies in design And I know that bad things often happen to good people In fact I see them happen 
to Americana being American music, but when we first started emailing each other to book shows months ago, you made a reference to what it's like in Australia, and that there's, instead of the R&B and the soul influence, there's actually maybe a little bit of an Aboriginal influence? There is in some, yeah, definitely. There's, uh, there's, there's kind of this weird branch of music in Australia, which is called bush ballad ears, or bush ballad music, and um, like... Much like America, uh, Australia's history is is kind of bloody, and um, it was an invasion essentially. Uh, and and the indigenous people in Australia have have, um, I guess, tried to cling on um, to to, uh, to to indigenous culture w without much like real support from, until recently, at least, um, arguably recently, uh, without much real support from um, from governments and and, uh, and and the mainstream of Australia. So. Musicians tend to transcend that, you know. So, so um, we have a, an Australian, a famous Australian country singer called Slim Dusty, who even had a number one in in America in hmm. like the 1950s. And uh, his thing was that he played in every small town uh, of Australia. He he went out in his caravan and his bus um, with his wife, who who wrote most of the songs. His wife wrote most of the songs, and he sang them. And he played to the Aboriginal communities, and he um, he kind of drew from the, the, the Aboriginal communities as well. He sits and he dreams where his campfire gleams An old man of tribal renown So sad and alone in his true native home A king without subjects or crown so there is a kind of Australian music that, uh, and in fact, in New Orleans here this week at Jazz Fest, uh, there's a, an Indigenous Australian artist called uh, Gurumul, who is a blind uh, Indigenous um, uh, guitar player and singer who sings in an Indigenous language. Uh, who, you know, I'll, I'll be going to see because there there is not much of of that culture left in Australia, and 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 here's a, a shining example of of how musical and how interesting and, 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 uh, and beautiful that kind of culture is. There has been a little bit of that has seeped into into Australian country music and Americana music, um, but you know possibly not enough. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. And how how much does it influence the mainstream Australian country? From what I understand, country in Americana actually is much more listened to than the equivalent here in the United States. Well, may, maybe in terms of population, perhaps like there's a. Um, I guess, uh, you know, country music is one of the only branches of music in Australia that still sells albums, you know, that people actually still go and buy CDs. It probably has an older listenership than, than other genres as well, and, and, and that contributes to that. Um, 
But uh, it, it, with Australia, it's the further inland you go, the you get away from the coast, the, the more indigenous audience you're going to have. So, so um, it, it's probably only the artists that are successful enough to, to play everywhere uh, or determined enough to play everywhere. I'm not sure which category we, we fit into, maybe a little bit of A and a little bit of B. Um, but, but they're probably the artists that, that, um, that, that get a little bit of that influence. Fascinating. Facebook friends, it's unfortunate for you. I've <laughs> seen a lot of photos of you guys. There's one of you, the I think three or four of you, and it looks like Australia's answers to New Kids on the Block. You guys have been <laughs> playing together for a really long time. Oh, Are you saying we don't look like that now? Photos. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the, uh, it's the one I'm thinking of. That was then. in 2005. Yeah. Uh, no, four. You guys Actually, were just little that's pups. Not, that's not me, that's my son. <laughs> <laughs> He's now uh, 10. <laughs> He's doing well. Uh, explain Thanks for to asking. Me, explain to our, our audience how the three of you, actually there's more of you at home it sounds like, how, yeah, how you all came to be. You guys have been playing quite a bit and playing this music. What was, how, how did that how, happen? How did we meet, Matt? Go ahead. Uh, well, we met on the train. Just Back like, me, just like was, Mick and Keith. That was about, <laughs> that was about 99 thereabouts uh, the about, yeah, we met on the train and, and I got you into a band to play some gigs and how did that gig go? Uh, well, what kind of I, music? what kind I of music were you guys listening band, to? Well, and okay. Matt got and me into a cover band tell you a little something about that gig <laughs> basically what happened is <laughs> that it, it started out great and the band sounded great it was really fantastic but you know what there was a rider there was what we call a rider in Australia where there's free drinks and you can get a certain amount of free drinks this was a pretty big rider wasn't it Lachlan? Well, I <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just happy that I booked two other singers as well. <laughs> I even sang. Yeah, I. That I, was actually when I just was first it your started first singing. Sip ever ever of I, did, I didn't make the best impression on Matt's family, um, <laughs> and and I, okay. I was kind of like I, I think I was driven home by a variety of people that were each willing to take me a certain distance. <laughs> I didn't know him at this point, but I wish I did. <laughs> 
So, I mean, as youth, and you guys were young in this picture, what were you listening to? What were your musical influences? The New Kids on the Block. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were all different. We were all listening to, to different music. Um, Collectively, I think we were listening to a bit of The Killers and a bit of Nick Cave. And, and yeah. Um, we, we were into being like a pop band at that mm-hmm. stage. And, yeah. but, but, you know, I Nick liked... Nick Cave's not pop. I, 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 I like... um uh, you know, people. I, I was into Bob Dylan and, and Tom Waits and, and people like that, and um, and you know, uh, I think Matt was probably the most country influenced of mm-hmm. all of us in those early days. Yep. And uh, and he introduced huh. me to some some country music, and then I was into like dance and stuff. And yeah. Well, you oh, can kind of tell, can't you? Interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Does it really? <laughs> How so? <laughs> Just aesthetically. Yeah, there's the the veering off a little bit with your aesthetics and back then I was. You're off the rails as well. She's trying to say crazy, (laughs) crazy dance. You're a different kind of guy. We know that. That's one of the reasons why we love you. Yeah, (laughs) kind of. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. But you also have some secret musical skills, Matt. You're actually a jazz drummer. Well, I've been listening to jazz more than anything, and and uh, and what's interesting is I've been able to railroad these guys into listening to the satellite radio because we don't really have satellite radio back home in the cars, not really. And, uh, and there's like jazz stations and all these things. Oh, here, and it's okay. so exciting. It's really cool. Uh-huh. When we were in New York last year, uh, I went off to all the jazz. Uh, clubs and, and it was amazing. I saw some really, really wonderful people who have inspired me over the time. So yeah, back home I play a lot of jazz and big band. Okay. Well, you're not in a bad town to, oh, to go out and I'm see so some more live music. Just, just actually up the street too, there's actually an amazing jazz bar. And uh, I can't wait for you to bar. show me that. Yeah. No, we're going to walk right up. All right. <laughs> and you also have another side hobby, which is not so much a hobby anymore. Well, it's business as it comes now, especially in the USA. Uh, well, not, maybe not especially, but but specifically now in the USA, this is topical because the drum kits that I make have actually just we've just gained a dealer in Texas in Dallas, Texas called Lone Star Percussion. Mm-hmm. So my wonderful master craftsman back home, Roger Terrell, mm-hmm. and I are really excited. You know, we've been selling drums in Australia for eight years, and they're beautiful, solid stave drums. And uh, what's the name of the line? Well, it's called Red Rock Drums Australia. And, uh, and we're all over everything for the, for the social media people that are listening in now, uh, the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the YouTubes and you all know, the get on it. But, uh, but what's cool about it is that America's also fallen in love with, I'm just saying generally America, the whole country. You guys. Every single person in the country has fallen in love with Red Australians Rock. Australians and, uh, and Australians Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so the drums are now available in, in Dallas and that was what I was doing before this, before I met up with these guys. Cool. Uh, just a week ago. So you see that. So do you guys in general see America as, is this a novelty for you guys or do you feel like this is something that's going to be part of your it's, market in It's general? a bigger market, I guess, in some respects, Much but it's bigger. also an important, or, or maybe Australia is really important too, but it's just a side. I feel like it's important for us to cover all bases. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the cheap drinks. <laughs> I was going to propose to you so I could get citizenship and then... <laughs> I don't have to worry about getting knocked back at customs, which is a worry. How's Taylor going to go? <coughs> oh, he's going to marry Locke. That's okay. So yeah, I was just going to say. Lynn and Taylor are going to get married. We're, we're going to live okay. in that big duplex. Uh, <laughs> next cute. door. The lot next door. Yeah. Sounds like a new TV show, doesn't it? <laughs> cool. Well, I hope to see you guys back, and we want to have you back. Well, we want to have you. Uh, like, uh, uh, I think the thing is, there is a scene for this kind of music in Australia, and, and there's... 
there are more and more American bands coming out to Australia to play Americana music. Uh, it's well received. Um, we've got a friend up in uh, Nashville uh, who's a Canadian girl, Lindy Ortega. She's been out to Australia about three times in the last year, selling out shows. I'm gonna board this And that's the thing is, like, there are so many. Um, we, we were up in Tulsa and we, we came across uh, one of the most authentic uh, singer songwriters I've ever heard, a guy called Jacob uh, Tovar. All right, I thought it was. <laughs> I think when you, and that's the great thing about this town too, is that um, when you're surrounded by good music, it, it, it improves you. So, you know, even if we never really got anywhere here, I think I would still, coming back, I would, I would still come back just to be around the, the music that, 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 that's happening and, and, uh, and to draw from that. You know? I actually have this possibly terrible theory that music in America is good because it's not, it's not socialized very well. You know, people aren't very comfortable. So no. blues music is great music because well, it's from the poorest state. You know, there, there is, uh, I mean, throughout history, uh, culture has flourished and blossomed in places where times are hard. You know, like, like if, if, you, um, if you go to the UK, you know, you see that bands come out of Glasgow and Manchester and, and the places where, where times are tough and, and, and people are tough and, and people need an escape and people need to express themselves. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, that that's kind of true of all... Like, like, they always say that bad times economically or, or um, you know, when a, when a bad government is in or anything, it's always very good for the arts, you know, because we, we kind of... We draw off that and we rebel against it and we... we uh, well, you uh, are in the right country. <laughs> We find that the uh, people out here that visit venues where you're playing music to are really receptive to it. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much that we're from <coughs> Australia that draws them in. They seem to be drawn in anyway to, to an artist and what they're doing. And they are very friendly. We've got some really great people already on this trip. And it's pretty consistent that we see that. Um, more so than back home, I would say. It's not to say people back home aren't overly friendly but they seem to be a lot more willing to engage over here. Huh. With, with live music? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we mostly do ticketed shows at home and, and it's always scary if we don't. You know, like, it's always scary to not know how many people are coming or to walk into a venue where you might be playing to strangers. But playing to strangers here is, is pretty cool. So, like, str strangers are pretty, pretty good. Well, yeah. we're, we're chatty people. Yeah. We like to chat. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And another thing uh, that definitely strikes me about your music, I think in general it's hard. I, I've talked about this with Kelsey May, who you guys will be playing with on, on Saturday. 
there's a generation that got skipped with singer-songwriting where I, I feel like it's really common for singer-songwriters not to be all that lyrical, despite their profession is to write songs. It's usually kind of confessional. How, how, how do you, like, how is that process, how are you able to write so that it sounds like a story? It doesn't just sound like it's about you. Uh, well, I'm I'm pretty good at, at um, sabotaging any uh, anything that I do, in the name of in the name of um, uh, of a good story, you know. Like, like uh, and if someone starts to tell a good story, I really really listen, you know. Like 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 I'm I'm real as a songwriter. I think you have to be um, open to everybody's story. If you if you if you go into a bar or a pub in, in Australia and and the old drunk guy in the corner starts talking to you. Um, I think mate, for, for, for some people the instinct is probably to try and get away from that as quick as possible, but, but I think when you're a songwriter you have, to, you have to listen to everybody's story because your own stories aren't necessarily, the confessional thing isn't necessarily going to relate to everybody. And, uh, and, and you have to be open to, to telling someone else's story at times. Like, like I, I think it's funny how uh, in... Uh, Writing a song is like writing a little, a little book, a little novel, and authors are never accused of being their characters. You know, like like we don't assume that that uh, you know Charles Dickens was every character that that he wrote about, or Mark Twain. There, there are elements of them in there, but there's not this kind of oh, I'm, he's telling. It's they're not autobiographies, and uh, as a songwriter, it's important not to keep writing autobiographies. I think you have to listen to other people's stories and, and imagine other people's stories and, and, and write that way. So, so if I have any success at doing that, it's because I'm conscious of, of, of trying, to, trying to tell stories other than my own. Well, it sounds like you're more, maybe more analytical about it. Maybe, yeah, that, that, that might be how, how it works out. Well, I want to let anyone here ask a question. I will ask that it goes into that mic just for audio quality, but please don't let the mic Freak you out. Oh, we've got a question to ask. You were just getting into it in the last question about lyrical versus confessional. I really like that comparison. But I, I guess I just wanted to know more about the, the songwriting process because I, I really have been enjoying these songs and I, I think there's real, a lot of clever turn of phrases. Um, and I just, I, you know, I, I imagine myself in that situation, like I'm in the shower, I might have a line, and then it disappears. <laughs> well, you know, you've actually, just... you've, you've absolutely hit on the point. It's, it's, if you, you have to be really committed, I, I think, mm. to, if you have a line in, in the shower, which is definitely somewhere where I also <laughs> get, get lines. Um, well, you cleanse yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and in the car... It, it, yeah, ah, in the in the car ah, is another like place. But but once I've got an idea, I, I if I think it's any good, I try and abandon everything else I'm thinking about, and I try and make sure that I get that down. And things like like iPhones or smartphones or whatever, you know, they're perfect because you can you can record something, you can record a line. I'll either write it if it's just a lyric, I'll write it in my notes, or if it's a lyric that goes with music, I'll record it. Uh, but also, the only problem with that is sometimes I go through my recordings. And I listen, and it's this completely unintelligible rambling, <laughs> and, and there's like traffic noise, and, and I think, 
Not only was I walking along looking like a crazy person, singing into my phone like I was singing a love song to a woman or something. Um, uh, a love song to a woman's answering machine. Or Taylor. Uh, or Taylor. Uh, not only was I doing that, but it's come to no good because when I listen to it back, I have no idea what I was saying or what the tune was or whatever. So, um, so the only solution to that is to do it as loud and clear as possible, which which gives you extra marks in the crazy person department. <laughs> uh, but but it does mean that you can actually remember the uh, the idea later on. So I record everything. I have um, bits of paper everywhere. My computer is full of of one-off ideas that I've saved under strange names, and, um, and and I think it's just a matter of writing down every idea and then trying to go back to them and trying to get yourself in the same headspace that you were in when you when you had the idea. Uh, commitment multiple prongs. That's, yeah, that's what totally. It sounds like to Are me. you a songwriter yeah. yourself? That's uh, oh, oh no. <laughs> no. I mean, I would I would love to one day, but I I, I can only do covers and not well, very well. See, the problem is that you. <laughs> I know so many people that, that that say I just want to write one song, but the problem is when you write one song, you just immediately want to write another song, and you oh, think, well, oh, that was easy. You know, that, that's it. So the first one will be the easiest, and they'll get progressively harder for the next thirty. <laughs> That's, some, that's somewhat encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I hope so. <laughs> oh, thank you. That, that, that oh, no is, yeah, this is a lot, of, a lot to start with. That's great. Cool. cool. Anyone else? I wasn't able to hear uh, some of the first part of the interview, so you might have answered this already, but my question would just be, um, are you going to stay in Australia, or would you ever consider relocating even temporarily to another music city of any sort? I don't have Funny anyone you in should mind. Ask. But That's a great question. That's a great question. I think we would consider it. Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, really? It would depend a lot on, 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 on um, it would depend a lot on Kim and Taylor's answers to our proposals, really. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I think we, we would definitely consider it, uh, purely because there is a bigger market out here, for example, than there is back home. And we don't have to drive as much to get to the next major city. Like yeah. There, there are definitely, def yeah. definitely practical advantages to, to coming to uh, somewhere like New Orleans yeah. or, or Nashville or, or Austin, uh, but mostly New Orleans. Uh, but um, I, I, I think America is a really easy place to have a good time. And that's what we're all about. So yeah. maybe. Yeah. So yes, to answer your question. Speaking personally, actually, uh, I guess with my drum business, it would be tough for me to be full-time in another country. I could see myself doing a lot of travel between countries, but, uh, but, but maybe not sort of permanently or semi-permanently. Uh, but, you know, I don't, I don't care about being on a plane for 18 hours because I sleep anywhere. <laughs> in fact, actually, after the last trip, like, I was just exhausted. I was working so hard before I left. And I got on the plane and I had like, and I went the wrong way around the world. That was 35 hours flight. 35? Ridiculous. Cheap you, flight. Did you actually get on the wrong plane? So or <laughs> no, somebody else booked the ticket. Who was that, sorry? Oh, that was, oh, that was you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know what? Uh, and I got off the plane and I bounced off that plane. I'd never felt so good. I was so well slept. In China. But you were in China. No, no, <laughs> Qatar. Similar spelling. <gasps> no kidding. Lucky. How could you do that to I just thought he, need, he, needed a, he needed a bit of time on his own. He's so good like that. That's an amazing story. He thought he might get lost with the baggage. <laughs> I was on that flight too, by the way, like a day later. 
to Qatar. To, yeah, and where was the intended destination? Well, it's just a stopover. So Dallas was the. We actually had to jump out the back door, like the back door opened up with a parachute. Oh, my God. It was just a a different kind of flight that we got. And it was via Qatar with Qatar Airlines. So it actually was about six or $700 Australian cheaper to Uh do that extra 10, 15 hours that way. I should just add that I flew direct. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, the band leader flies direct. Actually, yours was cheaper, I think, wasn't it? Well, I flew with United, who don't have a good reputation back in Australia, but I thought we're perfectly fine. You, you didn't yeah. tell us that, that was the case, though. <laughs> That's my endorsement. They were fine. <laughs> they were fine. Frustrated, insecure, neurotic, emotional. <laughs> exactly. There goes our sponsorship deal. <laughs> um, do you want to share with the audience, before, before we let you guys play some more music, any future plans, albums, trips back to the United States? Uh, yeah, we have two of those things. We have a... Um, uh, we've just made an album uh, back in Australia. We we have um, we've recorded it. We're now just uh, sort of negotiating how it's how it's going to be released, uh, and then we have a plan to come back here in September time. So, oh, okay. So, so it's not too far away, and uh, and, and I imagine we, we would come for a, for you know a few weeks or a month. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I I think if we can try and get here as, as regularly as possible, and and then. Um, Try and get some uh, some of you guys over to, to hang oh, out with us. That, that would be would cool. Be fantastic. Yeah. There's plenty of Milo musicians out there. We'd, we'd love and to Milo see him. himself. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'd love to see Milo in Australia. Yeah. We'll take him for walks. Mm. <laughs> guys, thanks so much for being on the show. Our pleasure. That was great. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for listening to Milo's Music Parlor, and thanks so much for joining us at home, at work, on your phone, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing. This has been a production of It's New Orleans and Milo Records New Orleans, and sponsored by WTUL. And a very special thanks again to today's guests from Lachlan Bryan and the Wilds. Our show today was produced by Kim Vudin and Taylor Smith. Our technical director is Taylor Smith. Our logistics director is Mark Tobler. Our theme song was composed by Taylor Smith and performed by the Roman Jasmine. Milo's Music Parlor was recorded today at Tassology Art Cafe, located on the historic O.C. Haley Boulevard in New Orleans. For more information on how to attend one of our live performances, check us out at www.milorecordsneworleans.com, where you can also sign up for our mailing list. You can follow us on Twitter at It's New Orleans. You can like us on Facebook. We're at It's New Orleans. And you can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher. You can listen to our other Milo Music Parlor shows on our website, itsneworleans.com, as well as our other shows, Happy Hour, Out to Lunch, Mindset, True to the Game, Midnight Menu Plus One, and Louisiana Eats. Milo's Music Parlor is produced by INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and Milo Records New Orleans. For everyone here at Milo's Music Parlor, thanks for joining us today. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. 
Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii. U.S. only. 